This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is a podcast interview with CEO and founder of Pure Water Solutions, Mr. Ryan Bowen. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark, former athlete, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and high-performance business coach, where each week I bring you an inspiring message from an extraordinary human being who will share their secrets on how you can tap into your personal power to become everything you were born to be. Thanks for spending some time with me today. In this episode, my friend and mentor, Ryan Bowen, devoted family man, entrepreneur, philanthropist, exotic car enthusiast, extreme sports fan, founder, CEO of Pure Water Solutions, one of the world's largest water companies and president of Bowen Investments that includes restaurants, real estate, and apparel companies, shares his life and climb to the top of his industry, giving us an extraordinary inside glimpse into the art and science of selling and the investment strategies that have made him a multimillionaire and community world icon. Uh, Obviously, Dan, Power Players with Dan Clark, and I'm so proud to have this guest today because if you think about the consummate entrepreneur, if you think about the consummate husband or special person, significant other, if you think about the consummate dad, any male can be a father, but it takes a special man to be a dad, supportive, not just physically, but emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. If you think about the consummate business professional who started and perpetuates his career based on his definition of sales, the transference of trust, you will think of my dear friend, my hero, true, a mentor by the name of Ryan Bowen. And although we broadcast out of my studio here at KUTV Television Studios, uh, obviously owned by Sinclair Broadcast Group right here in Salt Lake City, Utah, Ryan's impact across the globe is so amazing. And it's amazing as in the, in, the, in the concept of, of organic growth. Everybody on the planet needs what he does. They need to be around him to feel his energy. They need to interview him to understand his wisdom. But more importantly, by the time we get through flapping our jaws today, you will understand the secret sauce to sales and the secret sauce to entrepreneurship, which started way before he even got into high school. And the coolest thing is he's homegrown right here from Tooele, Utah, but he has a global and a national expanse of what he does for a living and the impact he has. Uh, Founder, CEO of Bowen Investments. He shamelessly is wearing a shirt to obviously promote that. You know, you gotta, you know, I should have just had Adam keep his jacket on. But shamelessly, he's proud of what he builds, investing in over 25 companies. So I'm gonna pick his brain. What? attracts him to a specific kind of company. How did he begin with this entrepreneurial spirit, understanding that he actually had the curiosity enough to not just start a business, but to figure out how to take that business to the next level. Ryan Bowen, the extraordinary friend, mentor, and the most generous, charitable guy I've ever been around. Since we met, you just keep giving and giving and giving, and I'm just, I'm so overwhelmed by your friendship. Welcome to the show, Ryan Bowen. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, Dan. Let's take us all the way back to to your beginning. Not so much as an entrepreneur, but growing up in a very interesting household where your dad had a very interesting occupation. And take us back to 
to those days where you grew up in this specific industry and then and then parlay that into what you learned from your beloved dad and mom. Okay. Well, my father passed away when I was one. My dad was a mortician in Tuella. That's how uh, we actually ended up in Tuella was uh, mother and father moved to Tuella to work at a mortuary. He was a mortician and he went there to learn to so start his own at some point. And he went four wheeling on the 24th of July, 1977. And ended up rolling their uh, Jeep and he passed away. And so my mother was left with seven children and she raised us. And so I was the youngest of seven. That day I was supposed to actually be in the Jeep with them. My mother said she could fill something. She told him not to go, not to go, not to go. He's apparently a Bowen, so he did not listen. And he piled all the rest of them in the Jeep and they went up in the mountains, actually in Stockton, Utah. And he was trying to go over the, the ridge and he couldn't make it. So they all jumped out. And as they was jumping out, the Jeep started to roll and it was gonna smash my older brother, Randy. And my dad could see that. So he dove, pushed Randy out of the way and it ended up crushing him and he passed away. And so- So when did you learn this story? Did your mother teach you this story, this amazing legacy of bravery and courageous acts of kindness? At what age did you hear this? Just through the years. we. Mm -hmm. uh, Everyone, everyone that knew my dad just absolutely loved him. And it's crazy because he loved cars. Mm -hmm. I don't remember him. I don't remember one thing. I see pictures of, of course, I can't remember as one. But you love cars. Love cars. Absolutely. And, and you love the outdoors. You love taking a risk. You love the, the, the four-wheeling. Yeah. Everything he loved, I love. Isn't, so, that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So take us from your childhood when you do remember what was going on in your earliest entrepreneurial idea, knowing that you apparently didn't have a lot of money and you had to figure out a way to help pay the bills or at least make enough money to do what you wanted to do as a kid. I just remember we always struggled. We always, we never had a whole lot. My mother worked. I mean, she typed the newspaper in the middle of the night. I didn't get how she could do that. She always was there for us and she'd stay up all night and type the newspaper for the local Tula Trench Republican out there in Tula. And I always just thought, man, we, des we deserve more. But I mean, she gave us everything she could but I just always thought it's gonna be different. I want it to be different. So at the age of 12, I seen my first uh, automobile vehicle and I told my mom, hey, buy that car. I know you don't have the money, buy it for a hundred bucks. I promise, just buy that car and I'll make some money off it. So she buys it, I spray paint the rims, tint the windows and sold it for five or 600 bucks. At 12? At 12. <laughs> and realized at that point, I mean, at 12 years old, I realized how easy business really could be. And so I, Bought another one, bought another one, bought another one. So by the time I was 16, I'd owned quite a few vehicles. First car I claimed was my 69 Bronco because that one was mine, and that's what I drove through high school. So then what happened when you graduated from high school? Did everybody encourage you to go to college? Did everybody encourage you to do what everybody expects a teenager to do? Or did you have this, this maverick, rugged individualism that I know you for, that you're famous for at that age, where you said, no, I think I'm gonna figure it out, and I think I've already partially figured it out. Well, I actually graduated high school early, wow. and uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to get in the business world. I knew that's where I needed to be. I don't think college was ever even brought up. Football, I thought it'd be fun to go play football, but I wanted to make money. And the more research I did was every, all my friends and people that went and played pro sports, most of them ended up going bankrupt because they didn't know business. 
So I figured I already know a little bit. So the first thing I did was ran to the largest Chevy dealership in, uh, in Salt Lake Valley. And I went there the day I turned 18, and because you couldn't sell cars legally until you're 18 years old. And I ran there and I studied the top two guys. And so everyone just thought I was just some pain in the ass kid. For how long did you study? 60 days. I just, I watched everything they did. I followed them on the notepad and they probably thought, who is this idiot kid? And I just, I didn't care. I just wanted to learn everything, everything they did, what they said, what they went on the lot, what they said when they walked out there, what they did to close the deal, everything they did. And at that point, I knew I didn't want to work there. I just wanted to learn. And so right after that, I ran out to Quality Dodge out in Tula, my hometown. And I promised them I'd be the number one sales guy in the first 30 days, which I was. And at age 18. At age 18, I was knocking it out of the park. And so the average car sales guy probably sells 12 to 14, maybe 15 if he's okay. I was averaging 55 to 60. But the way I was doing it is I had, we opened at nine, I'd get there at seven, right? We'd close at 9 p.m., I'd stay there till 11. And on Sundays, I'd actually hide in the, in the lot. I would actually sit in the parking lot there. And because that's when a lot of people go look at cars on Sundays is because they but don't want to be bugged. Exactly. They're, they're not open, but you showed up anyway. Yeah, so I would just sit there in the parking lot and say, hey, I stopped by. I really didn't. I was sitting there all, all day. But I would open up vehicles and just say, hey, I can answer questions. I'm not supposed to be here today. I was just stopping by. And so Monday was always my biggest day in car sales. And so I would knock it out of the park on Mondays because I would, every person I talked to on Sunday would come back and buy. How long were you at the Dodge dealership? I was, ex- I was there for <clears throat> around a year and a half. Why would you? Why would they let you go? Well, they, they never <laughs> in car in sales. You never you're done that day. And so what happened was at the age of 19, 19 and a half, I was right around that. I found out I was having a child, so I was pretty pumped. And I didn't have a father because my father passed, and so I wanted to be a dad more than anything in the world. And so I started to think, how am I going to work this many hours and be a dad? Right? I don't know how I'm going to make this happen. And so a guy came in to actually buy a truck, and I run his credit, and I look at him, he's making a couple hundred thousand dollars. Back then, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, you work nights and weekends? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay, but I got my wheels turning. So right after he left that night, I walked out to our, walked back in our break room, pulled the line out of the fridge that was going to the ice maker, I plugged it into our machine, and kept the top, and it actually worked. And so I had just designed the very first bottleless water cooler in the world. Without even thinking about it. Yeah, I just invented that. And the next day, I walked into the owner and I said, Hey, I'm going to quit. He goes, Whatever, Ryan. If you need a day off, go take a day off. I go, No, I'm done. And so I actually went to a water dealer in Salt Lake, walked in there, asked for the owner, told him what I was going to do. He says, It ain't going to work. I said, Well, I'm already going to do it. So do you want to back it? Because I'm, I'm bringing it. We're going to do it. So he laughed at me. And I actually walked to the next door neighbor and said, hey, I got this new machine, it's bottleless. There's no bottle on top, what do you think? He goes, I'll take three of them. I said, I would do. And so I went <laughs> to the next neighbor, asked him, he says, I'll take a few of those too. So I went back and said, hey, get that owner guy. I, I just invented something, we, we gotta do this. So said, well, he bought three, he bought two, so let me just kind of run with it and see what happens. And so that's kind of how the first bottleless score in the world was designed so made. So the- the, the water company guy that turned you down and said no is that who you went back to yeah no i went back to him and just said hey i'm doing it i've got so I'm, i've got orders now and he believed you and said okay yeah i'm doing it for you i'm doing it another way but if you want it i've already got five orders in the first five minutes so how did you know about where to find the engineer who could actually design it and then put it into production well all we was doing at first was we was actually taking bottled coolers capping them running a line and using your tap water and basically adding one filter so this is back in 
1996. So, okay, so tell us the wisdom behind that. You've shared that with me off, offline about the perils of actually having a bottled water in your office and who's responsible for changing them in and out and what room do you store them in and yeah. the propensity for having flies. And the problem with bottles are absolutely disgusting. The problem with bottles is you have to store them. They're great doorstops, but they're huge, right? But you have to store them, you have to lift them, you have to change them. Whoever's changing was a big deal. A lot of people say, oh, the secretary, that's not very nice. The known workers' comp issue for many years was who's changing that five-gallon jug? Never lift and turn, right? But her hands are usually a little bit cleaner than other people's, they say. But whoever's changing the bottle, you're grabbing it here, you're grabbing a nick, throwing it in, and it's on your hand, goes inside the system, which grows your bacteria, your algae, your fungus. It, it's absolutely disgusting. And then if you look inside the bottle, once you remove it, you run your hands through, it's like running it through boogers and slime. So I basically converted everyone away from bottles over the last 26 years. And now we're actually the largest independent water dealer in the world, but it, it, it basically transformed. I mean, so we went from that cooler to I always had to find newer, better ways. So what is the name of this company? Ours is Pure Water Solutions of America. And take us back to how you, how you parlayed working with this first investor who was in the water business to starting your own. What was that path like? Well, there was actually a middle stop. There was a pit stop in the middle. So I went there and then another guy, another company here, that was begging me to come teach them. So I actually went there and they promised me the world. And my first month, I think I made 50 or $60,000 with my commission. And they're all, well, we can't afford you. And I was like, well, at that point I'm like 21, 22. So they well, I guess 30 grand a month's okay. So I stayed and I actually built their entire company for them. And they just did, they did some things that I didn't think was fair. They did some things to my family. They just wasn't as nice as they should have been. And so at that point is when I pivoted and thought, okay, it's time I'm just gonna do this on my own. And so when I wanted to do it on my own, I changed the whole game and that's where I introduced ice. It and teaches so, about that. So you have these, these amazing coolers that I've seen. So they're water coolers, but now you were the first one to add ice and not just ice, but two flavors, two options of ice in these machines, correct? Yeah, well, we've got, yeah, even different more options than that now. Oh. But basically, we wanted to have, so our best machine is called the Avalanche. It does purified ice cubes, hot water, cold water, room water. And that one was kind of what took us to the next level. And you plug it right into the wall, right into the water source coming into your office, coming into your home, coming to your yeah. your complex. We use tap water. Tap water, but then teach us about the number of filter steps that you yeah. put them through to get this amazingly taste tasteful water that I've had so many times. It's a nine stage purification. So we basically take your tap water, strip your tap water down to 0 0.001 micron, take everything out of the water. And then we pH balance, add back the calcium, magnesium, potassium, and we alkaline the water. We make it identical to the human body, so it hydrates you super fast. <laughs> so you're not drowning yourself to get you know, you're not drowning yourself to get, um, take, you're, you're already hydrated. We just want you to hydrate fast. Okay, so you're, you're a good old boy and you're obviously very, very smart. You just use terminologies that I have absolutely no clue what you're talking about. How did you learn that you needed nine steps of the filtration process to put into your machine to make it the state of the art? 
We, we wanted to, well, we did a lot of research and alkalinity. You want to be you, alkalinity. You and, and a team, you and a partner, you and. I, I have no partners. And but so. No, I want you to brag on that. It's just this curiosity. You said, okay, how do we make it better? Yeah, lots of research. Research, I always want to have the best. Oh, yeah. So I will always have the best. So the Avalanche was the number one machine in the world for many years, and people were asking for pebble ice, right? There's people who will drive all the way across town to get pebble ice. Absolutely. People are crazy. Absolutely. And I wanted to make them people happy. So our next machine was called the Lambo, and that one actually does pebble ice. So it does pebble ice and hot in the same machine as the first machine in the world that does pebble ice and hot in the same machine. So I want to shift gears now. Remember, the idea of tuning into this podcast is Power Players with Dan Clark. How can you tap into your own personal power to do what Orion Bowen does? So let's talk for a moment about goal setting. As you and I have socialized, you have the most unique and high-bred understanding of goal setting that I've ever heard. Take us through your take, your interpretation of what goal setting really is about and what you need to do to upscale goal setting in your personal and professional life? I think goals are absolutely everything. So you, if, without a goal, without a, a written down goal, you have nothing. You absolutely have to write it down, but I do, I, I only go out one year. So I do a one year goal, but I break that down per quarter, I break that down per month, I break that down per week, I break that down per day. What I have to achieve that day to, you know, and I never slip. And so when I, every goal I've ever had in my life, I've crushed. To meet financial goals, all the above, goals. all the above. But my, so my team, I make them set goals too. So everyone around me, I like to have a goal. And that's why you change friends a little bit in life too. Is you adapt, right? I still love everyone, but I, I want to always keep going up. But so one of the things that inspires people like me is your devotion to family. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. So your your beloved Brittany, you know, beautiful soul inside and out, obviously. You're her biggest fan, she's your biggest fan, together you rise. In that goal setting process, teach us, you set a one year goal where where you want your relationship to be, then you break it down to monthly, then you break it down to weekly, then you break it down to daily. Yep. So when you wake up, what teach us, what would be a a, a significant and powerful personal goal in in a relationship to make sure that relationship is everything that it has the potential to be. I love the way you love her. I love the way she loves you. You're, you epitomize. I always kid him, he looks like the, the couple that stands on wedding cakes. You know, he's this stud, and he's got this amazing beard, and, and your babe standing next to you. So give us some secret sauce on how do you keep this relationship on track? You've never missed a point in revenue, in, in materialistic things, in money, but you also live your life in a personal way, in that same way I've seen it. I want you to, Kevin, let me put you on the spot. What, what would be a one year, a one month, a one week, and a daily goal to make our personal relationships everything that they have the potential to be? It's one word, communication. You have to communicate, and we communicate. But, I mean, communication is everything, but how we do ours is she gets to plan. We're all about family. I mean, that's what was our conversation at dinner last night, right? We don't allow phones on our dinner table. We, that's committed to family time, right? But she she gets to plan, you know, a big trip that she gets to plan. I get to plan a big trip, I get to plan. The kids get to tell us where their big trip is. So every year we do a lot of vacations and stuff like that together. That's important. But so, so is school and so is everything else. So we do those around dance, around different activities and stuff. So we always make sure that happens. 
but the kids they they show me the report card I'm blown away because they, they do better than I did uh, yeah <laughs> I could probably relate to I couldn't relate to them because you know the three years I was a junior at East High School almost killed the whole faculty you know I was one of those guys seventh grade was my senior year I so, was definitely not the best kid in school no but you were the smartest you graduated early you see there's a difference between education and and learning you know Jim Rohn he was famous for saying uh, formal education will make you a living self-education will make you a fortune and you're like the poster child for that truth I think on the streets absolutely yeah. streets street savvy street smart versus book smart but obviously you're also book smart you invent these amazing yeah machines but it's funny I have kid lots of kids that went to a business school and they have their masters and all of that then they get done and they're all excited I'm like okay well what did you learn right absolutely. and then we sit down and they know nothing about business absolutely but then I wish I did know some different things I'm like no one taught me this stuff but every single time you can find the answer you just gotta dig so one of the things that most intrigues me about you is your sales process would you be willing to share that on air or do you want to keep that as your own secret sauce because when we were in your office and you took me through that process there's no way in a million years that anyone could say no to you yeah so every time i talk to you i'm, I'm grateful you didn't ask me for a new truck and i'm like you need me to buy you one but i, I can't say no to you and i don't see anyone else either What's your secret sauce if you would share that with us? What is your proprietary sales process? You know, collecting the business cards, the whole process. Could you share that? You want to start the whole process? Yeah, start right at the beginning because it is so extraordinary on everything that you've talked about. It's about the individual. It's about focusing on what you can do right now. It's not worrying about anything except backtracking and reverse engineering from the year goal, the month goal, the week goal to what can you do right now when you walk into this person's office? Take us right from the beginning. Okay. So how it all started, remember at this point I'm a 20-year-old. I still do the exact same process right now as we did back then. So what we do is we go business to business, right? B2B. We walk in. That's how we sell everything on the, you know, at the business. So we walk in. Hi, Dan Clark. Hey, I'm Ryan Bowen, Pure Solutions. Not here to sell you anything today. All I want to do today was get a business card of whoever handles your purchasing here, right? So I want to get into every business at that point, just in the state of Utah now and all the other businesses, but I wanted to walk in, not be a threat. It's a lot of times the receptionists, all of that, their goal is to keep you away, right? So I walk in, a lot of times she wants to be, she wants to feel powerful. She goes, oh, that's me, I handle that. I'm like, okay, so you write the checks here? No, that's actually Dan. I need one of dance cards, right? So she gives the card, she goes dance card to me. We basically take that card. I have a marketing team that will call, talk to Dan, get Dan excited. And then what we do is set up a five-minute five appointment to come show you what we have. Now me and Dan actually have the appointment. Okay, so now I come in. Dan Clark, Ryan Bowen, very nice to meet you. Basically, what are you using now? A lot of people back then used to have the five-gallon jug. Now whatever you have, I have something better. No matter what you have, I've got your solution. So we show you how ours is a little different. Basically, you have the five-gallon jugs. You have to lift it, store it, lug it, change it. It's just a huge pain in the butt. It's gross. It's disgusting. Your people are tearing out their back. Workers' comp issues. People are finding dead spiders, stuff like that inside these things. But the problem is cost, right? You don't know what you're going to pay per month. During the summer, your bill goes up to $400. During the winter, it goes down to $100. You don't know. What do people need for a business? they got to know what they're going to pay, right? It's important. And so with mine, we lock in that price. You know exactly what you're going to pay every single year. But how is mine better? 
I'm taking your tap water, stripping tap water down to 0.00 micron, taking out, everything out of it, pH balancing, adding back the calcium, magnesium, potassium, alkaline in the water, your body needs it. So how are you going to say, no, I have one that does ice, it's gonna save you a bunch of money. It's a no-brainer, right? Yep. So that's- They can't say no. There's no way to say no. And then you, you take out the archaic bottled water machine and you just put your beautiful machine in there, you hook it into their water supply and it's a done deal. It and it can go in every business. Every business and home. And they look good. Oh yeah. I mean, I just put a whole bunch of my new house. I, I could hide them, but I don't want to hide them. I want them right there. So you, you branched off into air purifiers too. Tell, tell us about that high-end air purifier. What motivated you to do that? Why did you think that was just the next product from Pure Water Solutions? Well, what happened was back in 2020, March of 2020, there was a weird thing called COVID that came out, started taking over the world. And our business is B2B, right? So we'd go knock on doors and be like, you can't come in here. Everyone's all scared. And so I was like, okay, my sales guys could not slow down. We don't believe in slowing down. So I was, I read my brain a little bit and thought, okay, I gotta come up with a system with air. We gotta come up with something that kills COVID, right? We gotta keep going. So I went and found the best air system in the entire world that is guaranteed at 99.9% .9 to kill COVID within six hours. And that's all people needed to hear, right? So we went and found it. Now anything I sell, I wanna make sure I hold the rights to it that no one else can sell it. And so I did all that in the background real quick and we found the best air system in the world. And so we ran with that. And every time we go door to door, they'd say, hey, come in. We'd say, hey, we actually have a system that kills COVID. They'd invite us in immediately. And we would sell them on air and water and ice every single time. Can you explain the, 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 the demonstration you gave me in your office about the significance of that and the power of the actual success of this air purification machine? Well, basically, I mean. What did you do in your office that, that proved to me that the air was, was cleaner by the time we left? Stirred up a little bit of dust. And basically, that, that's what people are liking the system for homes a lot, is the whole dust thing. And you have a monitor. Teach us about the monitor and the system. How did I know? I saw you stir up the dust. Yeah. And then I saw the count, the, the bad air quality of air count go up. And then you click on your machine and it just like. Yeah. It, well, it breaks it down to one micron and it breaks down to five microns. So it shows you exactly. You The good part is you can see it working. I'll never have a house in my life again without the air system. Especially if I, I care about me, but I care about my family, and I care about anyone that comes to my house. I want them breathing the right air. So I've got the two most com important components in your life. You gotta drink water, you die, and you gotta breathe good air, you die. So, it's pretty important, man. As I said in the beginning, he has the enterprise that affects everybody in the world. I'm so grateful that I'm your friend. You have my cell phone number. Anyway. Dan, when you was hurt and I had nothing, I ran over and gave you a blanket. So I after you had I your thing. I know. I, when I had my surgery on my throat, he came over and brought me a blanket. Uh, when we were first introduced at the University of Utah, he came and dragged me out of my fairly good seats at the University of Utah and brought me down on the, on the field so I could mingle with your friends and use your connections and your influence to be closer to the players. As we went to the Pac-12 championship football game in Vegas and my tickets were pretty sorry. Ryan pulls a favor. You called somebody that could help me buy some better better seats and Roosevelt, you're just always there and I'm not just the only one that's a recipient of your generosity. Everywhere you go, you're amazing. How many season tickets do you have to the Raiders? The Raiders, we have three rows. And he gives them away. He always posts on his internet, across social media, anybody have a need for this or that. You're so involved in charity. 
Uh, how many seats do you have at the University of Utah? Around 50, I think. I don't know, around 50. Obviously, he only has how many family members? Four, six, max? Well, there's, yeah, we have five of us. But see how generous he is. So let's, let's shift gears. So your mantra, obviously, is to give, give, give. That what goes around comes back around. That um, people leave you saying, I like me best when I'm with you, I want to see you again. Where did you learn this sense of generosity that's just unquenchable? You just refuse to, to stop. You just continuously give and give and give. Where did you learn that? From whom did you learn it? And can you teach it to others? I would say a lot of it probably started with my mom. I mean, she gave, 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 gave. And I think, I, I believe in karma. And I like, I want a good life. I try to give everything I possibly can. Do I have nice things? Yes, but I still try to give everything I possibly can. So what's your favorite hobby? Cars, firearms, travel, <clears throat> sporting events. What's your favorite thing to do? Let's talk about each one of them. You just mentioned a lot of them, <clears throat> all of them, but car, I love cars. How many right? car, cars in your car collection? At one point I had between 80 and 100. And That's it, ridiculous. And That's way too many. And, oh yeah, you should have just kept it till maybe like 89 or 90. Yeah, yeah. shame on you. Yeah. So what's your favorite car? Favorite car is definitely a Lamborghini. And how many do you have? Right now I have three, but I have two more on order, so. Absolutely. Um, That's an addiction. I, I love the rush. Like just, it, it, it's so fun, but also I love pulling up to a gas station and seeing kids run. You got it. Because I'm always the one that says, I get out and tell every kid, get in there. And I go, are you serious? Yeah. And so I always have their moms taking pictures and their dads and their whole family in the car. and. I love that. So that's the lesson. We use what we do and our expertise and our and our wealth, our resources to serve others and to put a smile on people's faces. That's what you're famous for. Serving is everything. Absolutely. So you have Bowen Investments, and I yanked your chain a little bit, showing up in this beautiful shirt. He actually, he's he's actually a a, a, a creator of garb. I'm at a loss for words. What are we talking about? A clothier. Thank you. Thank you so much. So you've designed some really cool shirts and very cool things. Flex your muscles a little bit. Maybe make the little the little crown of the of the lion. You know, move a little bit or whatever. Tell us about Bowen Investments. You're famous for investing currently in about 25 other companies besides Pure Water Solutions. What attracts you to a specific company? Is it the product or is it the person and the leadership behind the product? Well, Bowen Investments at first was, was me. I started that back you know, at an early age also, and we started with flipping homes, doing stuff like that. And then we was one of the largest flipping companies in the West Coast. This is back from, I was doing that while I was doing water, from what, probably 18 to 24, 25. So you'd buy a home for just cheap and then you would fix it up just enough to flip it to make a profit. Yeah, but you're making 20, 30, 40 grand a, a house. That's fun. But I, I was doing cars as a kid, so I really, I, all I did was took cars and turned it into homes. And, but I always did a little bit of both. And then during that, I actually have a business that a lot of people don't know about. I still have one, still have the first truck in my garage right now that was called We Dump Your Junk, right? So I think money is just so easy to be, money's easy. You just put out the right energy and you, you go get it. You either get it or you don't, right? But I started We Dump Your Junk. So what was happening was I was flipping homes. And all these real estate agents would be like, hey, can you help us clean this house? Can you help us do this? You know, I have this house for sale, it needs cleaned up. So I thought, well, why, why wouldn't you just go buy a dump truck? 
So I went and bought a dump truck, right? And then every real estate agent's like, can you help us? Can you do this? So I went and bought another one. And I went and bought another one. I went and bought another one. So I had about six of them at one point. And we, so as we dump your junk, right? And then 1-800-GOT-JUNK actually copied me. I don't know if I can say that on air or not, but I don't really care. But I started all that when I was 18. And so I, I still keep my first We Dump Your Junk dump truck in my garage right now. Bought it brand new in 1997. And it's, it's still there, a one-ton Dodge Dooley dump truck. I still use it. I still get excited every time I get in there. It takes me back to, don't forget where you started, man. That's where I started. And so Poet Investment started kind of there. And then basically we went from flipping homes to more hard money loans to help people get nice things. And where we've adapted through, and then we did a lot of uh, developments, real estate developments, different things like that. But what we search for now, it's more probably the human, not the guy, not the girl, but the human. We like to find people who are doing good, right? They're, they're doing good, but they, they've kind of gotten their business to where they can get it. And then they come find us and we help them take it to the next level. And so, but you have to, I don't like someone with an idea. I don't want to give you a million dollars for your idea. I want you to be actually doing it, performing it. We're going to take you and help you out. I love it. So what are your, what are some of your favorite investments that you've made that perhaps we would recognize with one of our mutual buddies like Michael McHenry or someone, how, how are you vested in different industries, not just in water, not just in cars, not just in homes, not just in air? Well, Michael McHenry is uh, Sunday's best, so I, that's the best brunch place in the state of Utah by far. Uh, we're actually opening another one right now in St. George. We're moving into Farmington after that. We're going to Boise, Idaho. So you're we're, an investor or the investor? Um, that one, I'm the investor. Yeah, very cool. But they say that restaurants are the riskiest business on the planet, so you basically invested in Michael not just in food. You invested in his experience and his yeah. his systems, his processes because of his his success before he started Sunday's Best, right? Yeah, and we the minute you walk in there you just understand you're supposed to have that. It's just it's the place to be. Oh yeah. And I absolutely loved him, loved Tyler. That's who's us three. So Tyler's the chef. Michael's the guy behind it that likes to run it. I'm the money. And absolutely. so with that that one will take to the top. We're in we're building another 30 different restaurants right this second, so we're all being- Kind of the same brand name. Um, different ones there too. It's another one of the industries that, that Bowen Investments is in. Icon Mills is one I'm pretty proud of. What is that? So Icon Mills is one of the largest meal prep companies in the world. We, I was one of their first investors, and we basically, a company by the name of UFC came in after me, and so every UFC fight you watch at the weigh-ins, that's one of my companies. Um, you'll see it in the background. Icon Mills there on the map. What does the company do? What does Icon Mills do? Mill prep. And so we are, we meal prep. The food's unreal. It's like you went oh, to you're a saying steakhouse. meal prep. Meal prep. Meal prep. I'm, I'm thinking you're saying meal prep, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you got some wheat grinding going on or yeah. something. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, but meal prep, that one's that one's really awesome. So UFC's an investor in that one now, too. Um, cards and coffee. I like to do things with kids. So cards, Dan Fleshman's a good friend of mine, yeah, yeah. so we're doing cards and coffee. And yeah, what is that? Uh, baseball cards, Pokemon cards, all the above. We have 24 seven, you can click on the Instagram link and you can, they're breaking cards. All this day, all this stuff's new, man. We did it as little kids, but it's it's awesome. So as we wind down our time, what, what advice would you give to, to a young entrepreneur <clears throat> who knows that he's or she is stuck, that they have a bigger mission 
let's just break it down. What advice would you give them to break out of that pigeonhole, surrounded by people saying, why don't you just go work for this company for 30 years and get a gold gold watch? Why don't you, you know, get your head out of the clouds? Why would you want to go do that? Why don't you just get a regular paycheck? What would you say to somebody who has this ambition, but he or she feels like it's being, uh, it's, they're being held back or that it's bottled up inside of them? If I would listen to that, I would probably be, I'd probably be working out in the desert. Out. That's what everyone my age did. They're all still there. They all went for the railroad, MagCorp, the, the Army Depot, different things like that. You can't listen to that. But I told you, you can't listen to family. I mean, you had that conversation one day. Sorry to break off, but. No, I wanted you to, yeah. I went and bought what I think is the nicest home in the city of Utah, right? I was, I was proud. I was pretty excited. We bought a big chunk of a huge mountain, right? It's a castle, ladies and gentlemen. It's a castle. I'm going to start calling him His Majesty. So, but I was excited. Yeah. So I post something on social media, right? And uh, I'm getting all these messages. People I don't know. I got thousands and thousands and thousands of messages, which which is awesome. How life should be, right? Young entrepreneurs wanting just everyone excited. Family-wise, I got zero messages. I, I remember I was, I was driving the next morning, and I'm driving up to the house, and I called you, almost in tears, because I was like, damn, something we probably need to talk about at some point in life is family. I love my family, don't get that wrong, but it, it was pretty upsetting to not have any of them tell me congratulations, they're excited for me. You know, they were more upset that I would buy something like that, I think. Yeah, jealousy is... So that part was kind of rough. Yeah, absolutely. But back to your question, we can have anything, guys. I think business is, I think it's easy. If someone took everything from me right now, I'd be rich as shit within a year. All I'm going to swear on here, sorry. But, yeah, but, no, but, but, you know, let's accentuate the shit part. I want to be rich. But yeah, definitely, that was good. But you did, it's up to you. I mean, we have it or we don't have it. And if you don't have it, then find a way. What I didn't have that my friends do have now, and what I even have is coaching. Everyone's like, who's your coach? I'm like, my football coach back in the day? I didn't even know if he was talking about for years. No one could teach me. I just had to teach myself, and I did it. But now, all of a sudden, I join mentorships. I'm in some, right? Absolutely. I went and joined them. And now I sit down with other millionaires, and we sit down at a table, and we basically beat the crap out of each other. Mentally, I love it. Yeah, but Dan and Flam, I've been invited to the board of, board of advisors. Are you, you going to do that with, with young I'm always down to do anything. I, 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 I absolutely love it. So the last question, if you uh, had two questions, Ryan, what would you drive five hours one way to say to somebody for free? What would you say, and then as you let that percolate, not to put you on the spot, because I know you're gonna have an answer, to finally tune that question, if you had one hour to live, what would you say to somebody? Not what would you do? It's not like, okay, I wouldn't work. Brittany and I would go to the beach, we'd go to whatever. No, I'm saying, what would you say to someone? What's the counsel that you would give if you had 60 minutes and it was your last lecture? I would probably talk about family first. I mean, always put your family first, which I always have. My family is absolutely everything to me, but you have to make the money to be able to do cool things with your family. And so, but I, and love what you do. I, I wake up every morning between four and five. I don't have an alarm clock. I wake up screaming, jumping, running around the house, going, what is wrong with you? I don't do drugs, I'm just excited. Life is that good. And that's, I have a hard time going to sleep at night because I'm so pumped about the next day. So find something you love to do. 
Find something that you love. Don't go work some shitty job where you don't go be that guy. Be the chief. Don't be the Indian. And I try to build a lot more chiefs around me. But I'm glad that some people want to be Indians because I have a lot of employees and they're amazing. But if you want more, but my employees love their job too, so that's good. But love what you do. Love every single day. And I've been around you enough that <clears throat> what stands out in my mind is you respect everybody who works in your office, the truck drivers, the, the installers, everybody as equal. They, they, you know, first name basis. They, they, they love and respect you because you love and respect them. I need them. Absolutely. Every single person has a reason to be there, and my company wouldn't be the same without them. And so everyone would mean the world to me. I don't care. And we pay them well. That's absolutely. And we hang out with them, and they go to Utah games, and they go to jazz games, and we do different things together. I love every single one of them. They yes. are my family. Okay, so where we, where do you want to be five years from now? Uh, doing what I'm doing. I mean, I'm in no rush. I want to make sure I live a long life, but I, I, I absolutely love what I'm doing every single day. So probably, I would say doing more stuff with my family, but I already do that. Absolutely. Like last night, was our, our discussion was, what vacation do you guys want to go on this year? To my kids. Ten-year-old says, I want to go to New York. I go, why do you want to go to New York? She goes, oh, I see it on TV. I go, okay, well, what, what do you want to do there? And she goes, well, I, I see Broadway. I says, you know what? Okay, we're gonna go to New York. We're gonna go to Broadway. We're gonna go see the, you know, the 9/11, all that stuff. So I'm excited. I asked the next one, what do you want to do? She goes, oh, I want to go to Cancun. I go, for what? Well, I, I think we need to relax on the beach for five days. Okay. So both those were planned last night. Within 90 days, we'll be in both those places. So Why? Because we can. And because you. You do, not just because you can, you do whatever it's required <clears throat> to make that dream a reality. Yeah. I love it. But I make them work for it too. So Absolutely. if we want to do that, kids, you guys got to do this. And my 16-year-old was at work filing last yesterday. I want to teach them young what, what it takes. So who is your mentor who has been your coach other than your high school football coach? Who have you learned from or been inspired by the most in your, in your later years? I know you're not that old now, but we've talked a lot about zero to 22, zero to 30. Um, what, who, who inspires you now? Who, who has inspired you to get you to this point or taught you something, some secret sauce that you needed to know? You. Who else? I love that. Could you say that again, please? Dan, Dan Clark. Phone Dan Clark. On my wife. This is really good. And your wife's awesome, too. <laughs> and your kids are awesome. You, too. So but, who, uh, who else would it be? I would say Dan Fleshman. Yeah. Dan Fleshman, for sure. I just, I, I like friends that give. So we all don't, I mean, we all do well, but we all want to give as much as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, Dan Young. Dan yeah, Young for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and then probably for podcasts and all that stuff, uh, Sean Whalen. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Sean Whalen, that's something I've talked about on every podcast I'm on, but a lot of my social media is his fault. So we sat down years ago and he's like, why don't you get your shit out there? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, Ryan, you got more stuff than anyone I know. Start showing people. I was embarrassed. My Lamborghini's I drive in the middle of the night because I was embarrassed I had them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, start getting that out there, showing people they can have them. And so to me, it was selfish to even not show people. But then you start showing people, you're going to lose some relationships because some people are jealous. Absolutely. I mean, I got messages after I posted my second Lamborghini from one of my good friend's mothers that I thought was my good friend, right? She goes, why don't you give us a break? I go, what does that mean? She goes, Ryan, no one cares. 
And I thought, you know what? I don't need you in my life. Block. Absolutely. So I want good, happy, positive. And when people win, let's all share. I, I love when my friends win. I love when anyone wins. I love it. So give us your, your social media handle so that everybody else can see the posts that I see every day. Actually, multiple times some days. Well, it's good stuff, brother. It is great stuff. I, I try to do it. Music. I mean, you're, you're like Disneyland. Come on, dude. Dan Fleshman, <clears throat> I'll give him credit for that because he tells me, look, Ryan, don't just post just your Lamborghinis. Absolutely. Don't post just business. Don't post just family. Yeah. Use all three of those. And so that's probably the main thing I do is I focus on family, of course, but I do want to show what you can achieve because I want everyone to know they can have it. And family's absolutely everything. And then put to a good song like, you know, don't stop believing, or like a virgin by Madonna, or something. That's every song, virgin. every post takes a minute because I make sure you get the right song with it. Yes, so, so uh, Instagram is Mr. 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 Ryan Bowen. R Y A N B O W E N. Yes. <clears throat> and there's a lot of people that are trying to do rude things right now and copy oh, yeah, us, and I absolutely hate that. Mine is Mr. Ryan Bowen. I only have one account on Instagram. That's all I'll ever have. I will never ask you for money. I will never ask you to do anything. If you want to be my friend, I would love that. I love people. Absolutely. And I challenge all of you, within the sound of my voice, to uh, share this this podcast interview with everybody. And then follow Ryan because of what you said. Visual inspires. And uh, when you break it down to family and to business and to health and to service before self-charity, it's pretty pretty sweet. So Ryan and I were participated. We, we were invited to participate in a charity event that was sponsored by our wonderful mascot, the Jazz Bear, John Asby, and my dear beloved uh, friend, Mark Eaton, passed away. And uh, we assembled, I think we were part of 20 couples that day who went to Walmart. And um, we graciously took these families around the aisles with their children and they got to have Christmas. We didn't tell them, here's a gift. You know, I think your daughter will like this, this doll or your son will like this or whatever. We actually let them go to Walmart with shopping carts, go up and down the aisles and select what they wanted for Christmas. It was a tear-jerking experience that we all really uh, really benefited from. But when it came time for us to escort the families out to their vehicles, their, their cars in the parking lot to help them load up these gifts, $500 seems like it's a lot. Sometimes it doesn't go a long ways. Yeah. And so what did you do to send your family, describe your family first that you helped and then uh, and then uh, share with our audience what you did as you said, all of these days you said goodbye, Merry Christmas. That, I think I benefited from that more than they did for sure. I mean, there's nothing better than giving. Who, well, describe your family. I, I just had the, the nice mother. Mm-hmm. I had the mother that came to shop for her, her kids and then her kids had kids. And so there was quite a, quite a few, and I kept asking, hey, can I give them more? You know, can I give these guys more? But, you know, they, they say give them $500, so we was trying to live by rules. Rules are important, I guess. But it was, it was just awesome, and then I'm like, well, what about you? You know, we kept, she kept shopping for everyone, and I go, you deserve stuff. And so we had to get, was getting her stuff, and then I says, you know, what about Christmas dinner? Do you have money for that? And so it, it was, the bonding was unreal. And that's something I will do the rest of my life forever. And we've done stuff with my kids where we go, I'll call Denny's and say, hey, can you get me 40 or 50 dinners ready? Turkey dinners. And I'll go sit at the park and hand them out to homeless people and show my kids how, you know, how life, we can do anything. We can choose that. But some of them are the happiest people I've ever met in my life. And I hand the guy a dinner and he runs off and comes back with a beer. And I says, 
Why'd you do that? He goes, because that's what I wanted. You had a choice. You did have a choice and you chose that. That's fine, right? So he didn't eat. He drank a beer instead, but he was happy. So I, I just think there's nothing better than charity work. There's nothing better than giving. And, but let your kids see that your kids deserve to see that. So I was kind of, I like to involve my kids in as much charity work as we possibly can also. Absolutely. So as we sign off, this is Ryan Bowen, <clears throat> most charitable giving guy who has converted that service before self mindset into amassing a huge fortune. And then with that money that he continuously makes and increases in his yearly annual income, he seemed to use it to do more good and to make available opportunities for people that might not otherwise have those chances. And I'm one of the beneficiaries of your, of your goodness and friendship. I appreciate I appreciate the tickets. I just wish you would adopt me so I could be in your will at some point. That's probably just a bad dream. But You're already there. You're such a dear, dear human being and a great friend. I love you. And I want everybody else to love Ryan Bowen. Thanks for having Thanks so much for having me. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.